0: Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network.
1: Hi everybody, guess what, it's another episode of All The Small Games, a podcast that's all about indie games, hosted by me, Andrew Levins, and for the first time in weeks, my good old friend and co-host, John Valenzuela is
2: here. Hey Levins, god damn it is good to be back.
1: Great to be back in the, uh, in the Zoom call that we use to record every episode of this podcast. Um, Indeed, John. Uh, John took a couple of weeks off. Uh, for those who, who weren't paying attention, I uh, had a baby, a beautiful baby girl, who I got to meet on the weekend. Uh, and it was
2: lovely, lovely for you to meet her. It was wonderful to see. She's
1: uh, the perfect switch stand. <laughs> I, I've, seen, yes. I've seen you leaning the switch up against her, her little head while she rests on your stomach.
2: That's how they develop, right? Yeah, exactly. Gotta get that. Gotta get those neck muscles working. <laughs>
1: And uh, I just want to say a very big thank you to um, who do we have? We had Mr. Sunday Movies, we had Jackson Bailey, and Adam Knox. ...for stepping in and uh, g- uh, co-hosting a couple episodes for us. Uh, it was really, really fun. If this is uh, your first episode, regular episode with uh, me and John hosting... Uh, ...strap in, because every week we talk about indie games. Uh, the indie games we've been playing, most of the time they're brand new ones... ...and uh, most of the time they're pretty cheap too. So if you ever want some cheap recommendations from the game, for the gaming console of your choosing... Uh, ...this is the perfect podcast for you to uh, tune into every single week. Um, today... Damn straight. I got some. I got some big news. I finished two two big games in the last uh, two two big small games uh, in hot damn. In the last, love a finish in the last week. Uh, one of them took over my life, but took over my life during the time that you were away. So I don't even know if you knew I was playing this game. Um, is,
2: and, is this uh, is this blue fire? Yeah, blue
1: fire. Yep. Um, I pay attention. Good. Good. I good. Keep my eye on what's going on. <laughs> uh, and then uh, a brand new game got came out, and I'm gonna fuck it up because it's it's a it's a Whole bunch of assonance. Is it Tiger Trio's Tasty Treats?
2: Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. Travels.
1: Damn it, so close.
2: Close. So close. Great. Great. And it's alliteration.
1: He's, oh, that's right. Assonance is, is vowels.
2: oh uh, yeah. Okay. Repetition of vowel sounds. See, so we're all, we're you also finished. an English
1: f- podcast. <laughs>
2: You finished Quad T, as I've been, as I've decided No, I have, I, I have not
1: finished Quad T. That's a brand new game. The other game I finished ah. is one of your favorite games of uh, 2020. Um, it is a game that was recently ported to Switch, and I talked about it last week. It's called There Is No Game, a, a, a yes. puzzle game. Uh, and yeah, when I recorded it with Noxy, I was halfway through the final chapter. Um, those chapters are pretty long. You can't finish an entire chapter before you have to take your kids to school unless you get them up earlier than they should. And that's that's going to be bad news for you when they get back from school. So, uh, yeah, we've, we, Archie and I played that entire game together. Um, it was very fun introducing him to a puzzle genre, like a, a puzzle game that was also so, um, I guess, like, you know, uh, like subversive when it comes to the way those puzzle games work. It had, was crammed full of more ideas than, than your average game, like, you know, 10 average games has. And it just...
2: And also, like, a, a little bit of a tour through kind of various different genres of game and various different concepts attached to gaming. Like, did he understand? Did he kind of get the whole, uh, like, the free-to-play yes. level yeah, well, and it, I get why that was funny? I think
1: kids would understand that more than us because the the first true. games they're really introduced to on iPads are like you know oh yeah yeah just get, is it free yeah okay you can get it no problem and then it's you know jam full of ads and gems that they have to wait half an hour to before they regenerate again so they can keep playing the game but man true, true. what a great what a great game apparently it's it's um uh, because after after I talked about it with Noxy last week he went on his uh, podcast Filthy Casuals and Tommy and Ben and him were talking about it. Um, they're all playing it. I think they all just finished it in the last week, and they're going to do a spoiler episode. Maybe we can get on on that somehow. But um,
2: yeah, definitely. It was just invaded. It. it was
1: so much fun, um, and, and, and they're all loving it too. Like it is just—it's a very sweet and cool, unique game. Tom, Tommy has been playing it on his iPad, and I think it's only eight bucks on iOS. So if uh, you've enjoyed us yeah, talking and about it, yeah,
2: I think it would work really well on iOS as, as well. Like, yeah, so we played it on the TV one... with
1: the Pro controller, and there's a few moments like where you have to stop the glitch from uh, from breaking the yes. text. Trying to do that with controllers was just like well, I had to take the take it out of out of the, the, the dock and do it with the touch screen instead.
2: Yeah, because I, I played on PC mm-hmm. and admittedly I was using my trackpad and it was a nightmare to do that bit on trackpad. That's actually when you, when you said I'd finished it. My first thought was, how did you get past that section on Switch? <laughs> that would have been nuts. But nice to know that they uh, they put uh, touchpad controls in as well. That that makes perfect sense for that. Yeah, game. definitely.
1: But yeah, I would recommend if you have a good iPad, um, I think that is a great place to, to play this game. It's an awesome game. Play it however you can. It's good no matter what. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think uh, trying to play it with a controller, Some for the most part it's great, but there are some moments where you have to be quick and that can get pretty frustrating. Um, and yeah. a great one to play with kids too it's and it's genuinely funny there's some great writing in it um, and some very very just like great gameplay ideas great but also story ideas too. too great yeah except the, the, the female character it's funny like they put so much effort in making the male character like this you know f- funny French deep deep voiced French character like I think we've both described it as French strong bad um yeah and then the girl is just like this like random American girl voice yeah that was a bit 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 generic just sounds like like a princess character in a video game which kind of felt beside the point for me um but yeah very great game across the board i really really enjoyed it um what games have you been playing we'll get into it i don't don't know what you've been playing i want to know
2: oh shit um well i've got a couple of games that i'm going to review one of them is same as you the the tigers tiger trios tasty travels um uh i've also been been Having a taste of a new Devolver release that's come out in the last few weeks called Essays on Empathy, okay. um, which is really interesting. For the most part, though, uh, I mean, last time I was on an episode, I talked about how I've been wailing on Rogue Legacy. Yep. Uh, because it's a game that, like, you can you can put down and pick up at the drop of a hat and there's, there's not a lot of... I've realized as well, there's not a lot of narrative demand. So I never feel like, oh, I just need one more minute for this cutscene to finish or... I'm picking the game back up, and I've forgotten where I was up to in the story. As a uh, as a dad treat, <laughs> I picked up um, SnowRunner and all like both year one and year two season passes of DLC on Switch, and I've just been I've been wailing on that for the last couple of weeks, just because it's like I said, there's no narrative. It's very easy to pick up and put down. It's also weirdly like calming. To just kind of chug along in this big truck. Yeah, so we and, should explain because for anyone that
1: hasn't been listening to the podcast since the start, I feel like the game Mud Runner and then its sequel Snow Runner has been like pretty consistently an, an in joke on the podcast. Yeah,
2: that's uh, true. Since
1: we started the, the the podcast, it was a it was a game you first played on your computer in which you play yeah. as a truck. Um, hold on, this is me just just from okay. secondhand <laughs> knowledge, just see how, how well I can describe the game. Uh, you Let's you play it. a truck that has to drive. Uh, and do errands, but you have to drive through mud. And I guess you are upgrading your truck so you can drive through deeper mud throughout. <laughs> <laughs> is that kind of what happens?
2: It's sort of. The, fir- the first game mud runner is you, you have these levels that are like set deep in the Russian wilderness, and your job is to like you, you have a task which is to deliver logs from a, like a, 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 a logging site to a lumber yard. The thing is, you're driving like horrendously muddy trails. You were driving these like kind of janky Russian trucks. The first game wasn't very complex. Didn't offer a lot of like upgrades or anything like that. Uh, way way back before it was called Mud Runner, it was called Spin Tires, and I probably could have <laughs> reasonably talked about it on this podcast back then because it was like it was a little kind of cult indie breakout, and that's how it then became. Like it got bought by a bigger company, turned into Mudrunner, Runner, which was the console release of it. And then Snowrunner is the uh, the sequel to it. This is I think it's Focus Home Interactive, I think is the name of the like much, much bigger development publishing studio that own it now. But Snowrunner is great because it it kind of went like, well, people seem to enjoy doing this. How can we how can we make the the, the gameplay better? And sort of did this open-world task-based approach to it. So it's no longer just sim- simply like drive logs from point A to point B. It's now like, you need to pick up bricks and deliver them here, and then you need to rescue a stranded truck that's stuck in a river, and all these, like, there's a lot more variety that, to the tasks now. And like like I said, it's, it's very, like, it's not a fast-moving game. Um, so it, it kind of has a, like, therapeutic, almost meditative quality to it as you, like, inch forward through... Uh, You know, wheel deep mud But at the same time It has enough kind of like problem solving and, And having to make decisions And think about what you're doing That it's rewarding in that way as well So, and I'll tell you what uh, last, last, over the last week I've taken to If I'm playing it with the Olive in my arms I'll narrate what I'm doing <laughs> So I'll sit there being like And eh, we're driving this truck up the hill And oh it looks like there's a lot of mud ahead Maybe I'll need to get a scout truck to use as a tugboat Kind of strategy to get through this. She falls asleep Like every time <laughs> that I talk through the, That her talk through my boring, I, mean, I, I don't blame her I was th- I was thinking the same thing <laughs> Levens was nodding off as I was saying this, Actually, I'll tell you what just, I was doing. I, I was
1: like, this guy loves this game so much. What a cool gift would it be if I buy John a MudRunner t-shirt. Surely someone's made one. So I Google Mu- oh, yeah. I Google MudRunner t-shirt, and the first thing that comes up is a t-shirt that just says, I am useless and gay. And then I, <laughs> no, no mention of the game anywhere and any other options. I was like, okay, maybe I'll try MudRunner merch. And then the first thing that comes up is a t-shirt, a singlet that just says, come in me, bro.
2: <laughs> what is this weird? Is-
1: <laughs> what game are you been
0: playing?
2: <laughs> is there some kind of like, is there some kind of subculture attracted to this game that I'm unaware That's of? That's great. I'll, I'll, I'm get just a, into the subculture. I'm, just a simple, I'm a simple suburban dad that likes driving trucks around.
1: That's so great. Uh, um, but yeah, but unfortunately, yeah, no, um, no, genuines, no runner or mod runner merch at this point.
2: Yeah, it happens. But um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's it's by no means a small game, but it's what I've been playing over the last week, and I think I have like pretty justifiable reasons for that. Like my brain is so addled at the moment that simple things work for me. But um, but it's been like uh, like having having uh, tasty tigers, tasty trios. Tiger Trio's tasty travels <laughs> travel tasty one day we'll get it right so, uh, on
1: the first attempt at some point in this four episode. T's.
2: having the four T's to play as well as um a kind of ha- having a bit of a taste of essays on empathy has been really good like nice nice to kind of dip my toe back in and um I already I already know what 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 small game I think I'm going to be doing like one small game a week for the next while and I've got I know what I'll be doing next week so tune in next week to hear my 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 sole small game adventure for the week, which is and I'll, I'll uh, it's called um, an airport for aliens currently run by dogs. Oh, I heard about this game, uh, or or dog airport game, as the developer has started calling it because he named it as a joke and got sick of saying the whole name. Um, it's it's just released on Steam and I think it's on Xbox as well. So that's that's what I'll be checking out over the next week. But that's the next week, Levins Let's talk this week, man. Why don't we
1: talk? Uh, Twenty minutes ago, just before we stopped, we started recording. Um, I I have been uh, getting getting towards the end of uh, Blue Fire a game, which I've uh, talked about yes. in the last few episodes of the podcast. Uh, I think I convinced both Jackson and Noxie to buy it. Um, it's uh, I've been I've been describing it as a combination of Zelda, Hollow Knight, and Dark Souls, um, specifically like the three okay. D um, uh, like Nintendo sixty four era. Zelda games. Um, it's a uh, you know three D platformer with um, with combat in which you're exploring this castle. You're f- getting upgrades, so it has Metroidvania elements that then allow you to um, traverse to new areas that you weren't able to when you first start the game. Um, by the end of my playthrough. Uh, I had unlocked every single ability you could find in the game um, and this includes my new favourite thing, like it's one thing to have a double jump like I always look forward to getting the double jump ability in a Metroidvania game but Ori and the Will of the Wisps was the first time I've ever played a game where you could get a charm that you could add to yourself that allowed you to do a triple jump and I thought that was pretty nice. groundbreaking and I'm happy to, uh, to, to put, put it out there that uh, Blue Fire also has an unlockable triple jump ability too um Sweet. It, and you're basically you're, you're like by the end of it you can run on walls and you can do wall jumps you can do a triple jump you can do you can hold down your attack button before you start jumping and then hold up like uh like hold onto a spin attack which then makes you go even further up then you can chain together two dashes and you can extend the dash depending on how many slots that you have and every, it's really cool all the systems that allow you to uh, unlock more abilities and um Use more abilities at once because it has like a charm system, like Hollow Knight did. Um, but you're equipping spirits, basically. Um, but you can you can uh, upgrade how many spirits you can equip at once by collecting hearts that you access in these voids that you find within the castle. And the voids are the very very difficult platforming challenges. Um, if you complete the void um, and by doing this very difficult platforming challenge up this you know 3D space that's you know yeah literally just floating in a void. Uh, you get that's how you get an extra heart. Um, so there's okay. you start with four hearts. I think there's 16 of the voids so far. sorry 16 all up and so you can you can end up and end up the um, finishing the game with 20 hearts. but the, it, within the voids, you have to collect these little like uh, like I call like, called like soul orbs or some shit. and for every the more you collect of them, you can then go see this dude sell them to him and and he, he'll give you an extra slot to equip these these upgrades. Very cool how all the systems play into each other It was probably a confusing mess for everyone listening right now But I got really, really into it I got really hooked into so much to do with this game Where I was like, oh, I know that if I do this I'll be able to go then go unlock this I've, I completed all the side quests I predicted with Jackson that I was going to get 92% of this game Because I knew that those final few voids Were going to be just way too difficult for me to, to, to muster And um, I spent the majority of last week Just absolutely stuck on the final boss um, And not even like The boss fight as a whole I could get All the way to The final of four phases Of this boss fight Without taking a single hit of damage And then Her final form Was Essentially it turns into like i guess this game is equivalent of like a bullet hell where you can't there's like a grid moving around on the floor and if the lasers hit you it takes off like three hearts at once and then she's to- always constantly firing thing like bombs at you that take off like five hearts at once there's just it like i can get there i had i finished the game with 15 hearts at the end so i still had five voids to complete 86 percent, john um was my final score because this morning after like so many times of of trying to beat this queen, um, this, this you know this big final boss. The, the worst thing about it, like, and I, this really became apparent. Like, I I loved my time with this game. I think it's a really really special game. If you have love for any of the games I mentioned when describing it, Hollow Knight, you know the Dark Souls games, um, the you know three D uh, Nintendo sixty four Zelda's Majora's Mask and uh, Ocarina of Time. I really think you should give this a go. It combines elements of those games really well. It's a very small team, uh, Roby Studios, um, who I absolutely cannot wait for whatever their next game is. I think this is maybe a very ambitious game for them to try and tackle first. And the only part that really let let like, let like the game down for me was uh, the lack of quality of life. Um, mo- like, there's a few... Like, okay, for example, um, in, in this final boss, um, you have to... Access a chamber that's within a temple that's within the temple gardens. The save point, the save okay. spot, is in the temple gardens. So, right, you um. die in the in the, the the chamber, right? You get sent back to the temple gardens. You then have to spend thirty seconds running from one side of the temple gardens to the end. You get into uh, the like the big cathedral, um, and then you run. All the way, and then that, there's a loading screen. takes about twenty seconds. Run to the end of the cathedral, and then there's a loading screen. Twenty seconds. Then you're in the chamber. You run to the middle of the chamber, and then there's a loading screen as the final boss um, fights with a, with a, with, a, with a skippable, thankfully, cu- cutscene. So every time I died, Oof. and like my, I was dying, you know, it's like a seven minute fight, I guess, and I was getting. All the way to the final phase with you know all my hearts, and then losing them all just because I'd get one bomb would hit me, I'd fall down, I'd touch the ground three three times, get hit by the lasers, fall off the edge, and got hit by a final bomb, and I'm dead. So, and then I have to spend ninety seconds getting back to fight the queen. Then you know the five to six minutes that it took to get back to the fourth phase only for it me to die in ten seconds again. It was very infuriating. So I wasn't. I, I was like, okay. I'll attempt it once or twice every day. And uh I haven't attempted it I haven't attempted it since Friday. And just before we recorded today, I was like, I'm gonna have one last run at this. Um and so I I fired it up and on my first run, I took it down, baby.
2: (laughs) Hell yeah. Love to see a girl boss failing.
1: And uh look, I think the story is not why you why you why you wanna play this game, so I don't really feel like I'm spoiling anything, but uh, when you finally beat this boss, there's uh, three lines of an alien language that come up on the screen. No explanation as to what she's saying. Then uh, you get, then it zooms out and you see a picture of the temp- of, of the castle that you've been inside. Then this, the credits roll. Then it says, "Thank you for playing." So <laughs> you right. don't really get much in the way of a reward uh, for, for completing this game. Uh, so not not okay. not the strongest ending, and especially when it's quite an infuriating process to get to the final part of it. But The middle, like, you know, the the beginning part of this game definitely can understand why people might drift off because it is very frustrating as you learn the controls and when you're very underpowered, you know, the game changes so much when you have that double jump because you're able to string things together and you're way more sure of where you're going to land, that kind of thing. I love a double jump just because of the preciseness that allows you. You you can do the distance with the first jump and then the second jump allows you to, like, land exactly where you want it to land, you know? Um, Yeah, really aim it. But when you don't have it, there's a lot of falling into green goop that takes off de- that takes damage away from you and has that crushing hollow Knight thing where like if you die you wake up with no money and then you have to go and find your your soul oh, you don't have to f- you don't have to fight it like in hollow night but yeah you have to go find it to, to get all your stuff back i know that's a turn off for some people i like that as a mechanic i think it gives like death weight but yeah, also don't like don't make me... Like, there should have been more checkpoints. Like, for example, I would have loved, once you discover the, the 16 voids that are scattered throughout the map, that they operate as save points, a la all the, the um, shrines in Breath of the Wild. Um, like, you know, yep. save points that you can, like, warp between. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, that's true. But, yeah, look, I, I absolutely adored this game. I think it's a really, really special game. Uh, it's definitely going to be uh, pretty high up on my best of the year list. Um, and yeah. just on it for its sheer uniqueness and... Um, like I said, it's a very ambitious game for a small team to to, to do. But I think for the most part, they really, really like made something special with this game. Blue fire, everybody!
2: Sweet, congrats, congrats on the finish. Um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna go back for that 100. They're
1: just like really, really difficult voids. So it's just like sure. impossible platforming challenges. I'm really good at 2D platforming. Like I think if it was a 2D platformer, yeah, I'm I'm going back. I'll get that 100. percent But um, 3D platforming, there is just like. There, are like i'm not i'm not saying it's definitely my fault that the fuck up's happening but i think the it's really really easy to lose control of your character and like sure. and suddenly not not be aware of like you know where you're going to land or things like that especially when you're having to yeah, like
2: probably.
1: clear massive gaps by chaining all of your abilities together at once
2: yeah 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 i get that all right yeah Well, 86% is nothing to be
1: sniffed at, my boy. Yeah, I'm just happy I beat that boss, man. It's just so so infuriating. (laughs) A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, yeah, so Blue Fly is done. There is no game is done. Um, and Sweet. Uh, Look, we talk about Oink games on the show a lot. Oink games, one of my favorite uh, board game developers and publishers, they're from Japan. Um, we've uh, spent a lot of the last year and a half uh, talking about um, the physical Oink game uh, releases, um, games like Nine Tiles and Deep Sea Adventure. Um, and uh, I've collected... Well over 30 of them, almost their full roster of, uh, of releases. They're these fantastic, beautifully designed little um, collections that, that, you know, you can fit in the palm of your hand. They're great for traveling and there's so many great ideas. They look gorgeous. Um, they're just very, very like, you, I feel like even the most cynical of people would understand why I'm addicted to collecting these things. Uh, aesthetically, they're very beautiful. Um, so I have actually, I have got a few of them to talk about, uh, in in a future episode, but we're not talking about the physical uh, Oink games today. We're talking about a couple of, uh, one, a collection of digital versions of their best selling board games that they are bringing out to, uh, to Nintendo Switch later this year. They've started a Kickstarter campaign. If you have not backed it yet, please go back it because the more, the more people back it, the more games they add to the collection, which is really cool. Um, if you look up Oink Games Kickstarter, um, have, you, have you have you seen it, John?
2: I have not. I have not seen the the Kickstarter itself. No. So yeah, will... they're
1: bringing like digital versions of Deep Sea Adventure and um, Startups. I think it is like one, um, some of the no Insider. They're kind of their their best best selling um, board games. Uh, and they're going. They're making these beautiful-looking digital versions of it. So they started a Kickstarter. They, they hit the um, 100% of their goal pretty quickly, but as soon as they Sweet. hit 200, 300, 400, etc., every one of those milestones means they add another game to the collection. And at the moment, with like less than a week left, they haven't actually hit 200% yet. So if you love me, please, for the love of God, everyone, go and pledge your 20 bucks or whatever to get this very cool collection of games. There's a whole bunch of um, physical rewards you can get alongside it. When this... Um, When this Kickstarter launched two weeks ago, it was a pretty great week, actually. Uh, Within 24 hours, the Oink Oink games launched a Kickstarter for Nintendo Switch, and... I would say I got 20 to 30 people, some people that I did know, others that I've never met before in my life, messaging me on various social media saying, dude, have you seen this? Dude, have you seen this? Huh. I mean, little did they know that, yeah, I'd seen it and I reckon I was one of the first 10 backers of the project. Um Amazing. But then that same day or maybe the day after, we also got confirmation that um, one of uh, John and my, my favourite TV shows of all time, The Venture Brothers, which was sadly uh, announced to be cancelled at the end of last year, is uh is coming back for one movie um on hbo max and so i had yet another 20 to 30 people messaging me about that one too like oh dude did you see the news i know you're a fan of this um and it is cool like knowing that people that i haven't necessarily like written to me or spoken to me on 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 anything just but they just listen listen to me on podcasts and know that i love these things and they're like dude you gotta make don't miss out on this thing i'm so happy for you hooray um it was a cool week
2: Can- Can you imagine if Oink Games announces, like, a licensed Venture Brothers board game? Yeah, one day. How many many people would message you over that one?
1: Yeah, like, the most niche thing ever. (laughs) It literally levens the board game. Um, You check your
2: messages, like, 200 new messages, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, boy!
1: (laughs) We did it! Um, <laughs> but the main Oink game release that I want to talk about is a uh, a video game that they put out on the Nintendo Switch. Um we've spoken about a couple of their video games in the past, uh most recently um oh sorry, most notably um is it Hiroshi and
2: Takeshi? Takeshi,
1: that's the one. Um
2: Was that an Oink
1: game? Yeah, so they published that one oh, shit. and okay. um Was it called We yeah, the Hiroshi and Takeshi. Um Yeah. Takeshi and Hiroshi is Apple what it's called. Arcade. It was on Apple Arcade. It's also on Switch. And it was a very cute little game where you play an older brother whose sick little brother um, really wants to play the game that you're working on on your laptop. And you have to make a game that is just difficult enough for him, but not too hard that he'll die, but not too boring that he'll, like, not too easy that he'll get bored. Uh, a very, very fun idea. I think, um, you know, you, you, you play through it pretty quickly. Um, but. They've just put out a puzzle game on uh, on the Switch, and it's yeah, it's called Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. <laughs> They're very easy you to put say. It in front of you, don't I you? do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I read it this yeah. time. <laughs> um, and I think having played all their video games, they have quite a few, including a few free ones on um, on the um, the App Store. Um, on iOS Um, I've played all their all their video games and I think aesthetically this it comes the closest in um, in terms of their video games to what it's like to play an oink board game and for that I would absolutely recommend Tasty Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels damn (laughs) it um so I yeah I I I, I've I, met, I got a code. Uh, Oink Games uh, finally recognized me, and they sent me a code one week after the game came out. So obviously, I'd already bought it myself by then. So I passed on the code to the great John Valenzuela. Um, I wasn't sure, John. Thank you so much. For that. I wasn't sure if you were going to have have a t- have a chance to play it, but like it is, it is so bite size. Um, the the early levels, anyway. Like, like you can fly through like the first fifteen or so levels, and then yeah, I'm goddamn. Do you get stumped? The-
2: I am up to the third stage so far. Yep. So the the conceit of this game is you play a, a trio of tigers who have a sushi sushi food truck. Mm-hmm. And every every level is you kind of pulling up to a destination and you have your truck will open up and a number of conveyor belts will come out of the truck and you have to serve customers and the customers will have specific requirements. So they might want one customer might want a plate with three pieces of green sushi, another customer might want a plate with one piece of yellow sushi. However, the conveyor belt leading to the green sushi customer might have the yellow piece of sushi on it, and there might be three yellow pieces of sushi on that plate. And conversely, the, the, the conveyor belt leading, leading to the yellow customer will have the green sushi on it, but it'll only be one piece. However, you can the, the brothers and more people that you you bring on you recruit each, on the way, stage. They, kind they,
1: of they start as customers and then they end up as uh, as workers.
2: Yes, they end up working for you. Um, so the, the tigers initially, what the tigers will do is you can uh, one tiger will be able to switch plates between conveyor belts. Another of the tigers will be able to add a piece of sushi, and the final one can remove a piece of sushi. So your first kind of six, five or six levels are just dealing with like problems that you can solve using just those tools. When you hit the next stage, I think it adds in a gorilla, a, a gorilla who can um, transfer stuff based on the color of the sushi. So instead of just having a generic every plate transfers, it can be like, okay, only green sushi will transfer across from this conveyor belt. Then I think the following one you can do uh, number-based or conditional number-based transfers. So like only plates with one piece of sushi will be switched across. Kind of yeah. Thing. And the, the staff so each- member that
1: that helps that they can only move one piece is a is a rabbit. I, I think the second one is like two pieces is like a panda or something like that, and then the third piece is an elephant.
2: Yeah, and they are all so and goddamn
1: the- cute. Like I would buy toys of every single character in this game.
2: The rabbit... The ra- I noticed the rabbit transfers the plate by picking it up with its ears yep. and then kind of flopping it across. It's... Oh, it's an immensely cute game. It, and the animation like, the-
1: is gorgeous. Like, I love the way yes. that there's, like... I guess it looks like someone's coloured them in with, with pencils and the pencils kind of animate in a way. Like, the, the, the actual pencil work itself moves differently than, than, like, like at, a, at a different pace of the... Like, I don't know. It... it, it they're, it's very fluid. It almost mimics what fur looks like, except it's pencil. It looks so good.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's it's uh, it's. I'm adding it to the kind of list of games I have where it's like it looks like a children's book come to life.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Which which design wise is high praise, and it's like whenever you whenever you successfully finish a level, all the characters on the level will start dancing. <laughs> Which is just great payoff Like I think in particular I love the gorilla The gorilla starts break dancing And every time I finish a level I look immediately At the gorilla And I'm like Go dude yeah Even the way you You Um, get
1: to each level Like yeah like The the, the trio pulls up In their their truck And then the conveyor belt Like it it opens up And then the conveyor belts Shoot out And then It's just It's all Everything just looks so good In this game
2: It's um I I mean I I, I thought it was the case when I saw the trailer for it and getting to play it, I was like, fuck yes, it's a programming game. Like this is this is a game that teaches you the logic of coding and I love games like this. I really like this I think is maybe my favorite I've come across so far, because it's it's both really kid friendly, I reckon. Mm -hmm. Like I would love to see Archie play this game. So
1: I we started playing it last week. And I was like, okay, Archie, stop playing it. And he was like, what, why? I'm like, because we need to show your mother that games can be educational. <laughs> Amazing. And I'm like, look, there um, it's programming. He's coding, but with sushi. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so not only is it like, I think really kid friendly because the complexity curve on this is so well tuned. Mm-hmm. Like each each level adding on that new kind of element to it just teaches you how to use it so well that if you get bogged down it's not because it's incomprehensible it's because you're not looking at the problem the right way yeah like you're, I, you're I, overthinking I, so it I start, yeah i i ran into a level today that was like i was like there are three different things and the person in the middle like the the three different conveyor belts the left and right side don't want anything the middle wants like yep, three things this is of the one each. that's done me too yeah, and I'm I'm trying all those things And it has, that's that's the other thing When you start a level, sometimes there can be Instructions hard-coded into the level That you can't get rid of So for this one, like, the left-hand side There was a move a single sushi plate Across thing, so I'm planning all my stuff Around like, okay, if I delete Sushi, then I'll get rid of one And I can add another bit of sushi back But that'll take this out da, 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 da. Doing all this stuff, failing every time Failing again and again and again And then I had that, like it's one of the reasons I love this game. That beautiful moment of epiphany, where I'm like, "Hold on! If I just used color-coded, like switch switch things to get everything into the middle, and then pull the stuff that I don't need out, and boom, I solved it in like like ten, like ten seconds after that, yeah. I'd figured it all out, solved it. Each each level you have like, there is a goal to use. Sort of the fewest amount of instructions possible mm-hmm. And I think so far for every level I've played I've done it minus, minus one where I was one over So I need to, you know I think when I either finish it or get a bit further I'll go back and refine well, that I mean, level. you know the
1: kind of kid I'm raising So we had to go back and, and fix yeah. it up straight away
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nice um, But yeah, I'm I'm like the, the soundtrack is really fun So good, we
1: were humming it all the like, way to school this morning It's such a joy of a game
2: Yeah it's, um, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm really having fun with this. So, um, there, I know I there's nine I'll...
1: worlds, and each world has six levels. Okay. Um, and I don't know if there's um extra stuff you unlock after finishing the, the main nine, but this is uh, yeah, it's just such a joy. I, I can't imagine it'll overstay. It's welcome either. Like, it's 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 great, you know. You can you can certainly the first few levels of each world you can burn through pretty quickly. Like, you could probably do three or four levels in 10 minutes. Until you get stumped, mm-hmm. and then you just like, then you think on it for the, re- the rest of the day until you can get back to the game and, and, and finish it.
2: Yeah. Uh, this is, I mean, ages, ages, ages ago on the the pod, I talked about a game called a Tomashev. Yes. And I remember saying at the time, like, I, I think Archie will love this game one day. This is like, this is the gateway game <laughs> to him really, to him playing a Tomashev, I reckon. Because it's built on very similar principles. A Tomashev just. Like Thomas Chef, you build the actual process of making the food. It's not just serving the food, mm-hmm. but playing this game. I was like, this this is this is like a a a sort of cutesified version of a Thomas Chef, and it was just all the same things that I loved in a Thomas Chef. I'm loving in this game.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm obsessed, man. It's so great. It's so well made. Um, it's uh, yeah. it's, and it just yeah, it, if you have. If you're, it's just that it's the perfect kind of game that you want to play with someone else in the room with you because they don't necessarily have to play it with you but they're gonna be like oh put the green thing there and then make him eat one and then send them to the middle like it's 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 a, it's a great uh, passenger seat game to play as well
2: definitely definitely and even though I was saying earlier it's very kid friendly it's perfect for adults as well yeah like- yeah me, me, thirty-eight-year-old man, loving the shit out of this game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 if you're if you're worried that we're just uh you know be, we've been kid pilled and that's the reason we like these <laughs> kids games. Uh, Dad pills. Tommy Tommy uh, Dasilo from Filthy Casuals uh, spoke about it on Filthy Casuals last week after I recommended it to him too, and he loves this game too. This is an absolutely killer um, puzzle game, and uh, I, I I just want every success for indie games. I just think they're such a great company. And um, I want to see them have a big success so they can keep putting more of their their games on the Switch and, and, and putting, you know, expanding their team to make more great experiences like this. I just think they really understand what makes a game fun to play, what makes a game appealing to outsiders as well. I think like, you know, on a, on mm. a purely aesthetic level, this is just such an appealing game. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I've, you know, I mean, after playing like Blue Fire, which has like a lot of charm, but is, Definitely an ugly game, and then going to this, which is like this, like technicolor beautiful, fluid, but simple puzzle game. Yeah, it's just this is this is one of one of the one of the great great puzzle games of the year. I think.
2: Excellent. Yeah, I think this is definitely this has got a this has got a GOT wireless shot. I reckon. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's only
1: available on Switch at the moment. Maybe they'll bring it to other platforms. Um, but uh, yeah, if you have a Switch, and I'm sure most of you do, definitely try, try this one out. It's a killer puzzle game, and just oh, yeah. charming as hell.
2: So, going from something that is only available on Switch to something that is only available on PC, I believe I can double check that. But um, so, Devolver, Devolver Digital, massive. We're both massive fans mm-hmm. of uh, of this of these pub- this publisher. Um, Generally, I think I, I, I think I have a perception of Devolver as releasing these kind of like action-packed, wacky, kind of funny, kind of like sometimes kind of crass sort of games. Um, uh, definitely, definitely very Arcadian style, uh, but with the release of essays of essays of empathy or essays on empathy. I was reminded that, no, they actually, like, they kind of do have a bit of an artsy side to them as well. I remember Gree. So, Gree was published by them. Gree, that's true. Gree was published by them. Uh, they, so so Essays on Empathy is by a group, uh, a, a trio of um, a, a, or a three-person development team in Spain called uh, Deconstruct Team. Deconstruct Team, uh, you might recognize the name. They've released two commercial games previously. The first one is called Gods Will Be Watching, uh, and then the second one is called the Red Strings Club. Oh, yep. Um, nice. yep. God's God's will be watching. Is I've played a little bit of it. It's like a, a kind of point-and-click adventure game that just puts you in these inc- like insanely harrowing situations and make like you need to make kind of moral decisions to determine how these scenes play out. Uh, I I made it up to a scene that was like it's this sci-fi story you're a guy who's infiltrating a kind of terrorist organization the scene i the scene i couldn't get past partially because it was difficult and the 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 sort of experimentation to get through it was was sort of tough to pass out but the other reason was because it was just too hectic it's like a torture scene where you kind of decide how you're tortured and it's just and you know it's like they're threatening like they threaten to shoot your friend. and Or like they're you know, putting a power drill through your kneecap and you need to decide, like, can you tough it out or can you maintain secrecy? And just really kind of harrowing to play through. Red Strings Club is a very sort of... I think it's like a cyberpunk kind of detective sort of thing. I've played a bit of that as well. It's got a really kind of interesting bartending minigame and a pottery minigame hmm. attached to it. So they're, they're definitely... They're a studio that definitely looks at narrative game experiences and kind of how to break the mold on how to tell a story and how to get a player to interact with the scenario that they're put in. Essays on Empathy is... I find it really, really interesting because it's the first instance I've seen in video games of what I would describe as almost like a rarities and b-sides album. So Essays on Empathy is a collection of 10 games... Very, very small games, sometimes fairly short games that they have produced over the years for a variety of game jams. Mainly, there is there is like one or two games in there that they're like, we made this as a birthday present for a friend kind of thing. Um, I think a lot of these games are available on like itch itch.io. Right. Uh, but this is this is the first time they've been collected together into this sort of like compilation. And are they all the also- same devs or... Yeah, oh, wow. all 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 the all the same dev team. Um, they have included so nine of them are from previous sort of game jams and efforts. They have made one entirely new uh, game for this. Um, I I've not yet sampled all the games. Like 10, 10, 10 deep narrative games is a bit of a big ask for a man with a you know one month old baby, but I have definitely sampled a few of them. I played, uh, I was playing the newest one they've done. It's called, um, it's a Spanish name. It's called like De, De Tres. Oh, wait, no, hold on. I've got it here. I thought I had it here. I've got the name. It is uh, De Tres Al Cuarto. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting. It's it's a game about two stand-up comedians. And it's a deck-building game. So each, each it's it's centered around 10 performances that you and your partner do. And you have a, a... You will be presented with, like, a hand of cards that are... You can blank, which is where... Because their, their comedy is all about back-and-forth repartee. So you can... You've got blank, which is where you fuck up the joke and the joke ends. You've got... Poor, I think it's called. Which is where you, like, do a kind of half assed punchline to end the joke. You can build, which is where you riff off your partner and, like, increase your potential... Like, each each interaction builds a kind of combo meter... So build will we'll kind of nudge it up again And then you've got punchline Which is where you finish the joke And you can kind of collect uh, inspiration points Which you then use in between performances To either buy new cards or upgrade your cards Ensuring that you kind of have a better performance the next time It's a really interesting take on Like the the deck building genre um, Being used for like really narrative kind of purposes and then in between each of your performances you have like a conversation with you you, you watch a conversation between these two comedy partners and there's a very cool kind of narrative thing they have in there which is like as the conversation is happening there's a little sidebar that is um, kind of the thoughts that the like it will bring up thoughts that the characters are having uh, related to the scene so they might be having this like funny back and forth about how one of the comedy team is dealing weed and then it'll flash up like you know that comedy partner doesn't really appreciate the fact that the other one thinks of him as a dealer but he doesn't want to fuck up the partnership so he's just rolling with it kind of thing like really interesting sort of like having these this this kind of subtitles for what the people are thinking so that was that was a really interesting experience uh i played another one called uh behind every great one which is this this narrative game where it's it's a husband and wife the husband is like a famous artist and the wife is just a housewife who doesn't really have any passions or any hobbies you play as the wife and it's all about how like it's it's a game about like how the situation you're in gives you anxiety because you feel like you're being judged like each the gameplay loop is each day you can perform a set number of tasks So you might be able to like prepare dinner Wash the dishes in the sink Clean the toilet and iron clothes And then at the end of the day Each each end of the day involves you having Dinner with your husband And your husband might be like Oh it was really dusty in the living room today Like did you get a chance to clean it? And you're like mm, no sorry I didn't get a chance to take care of that Oh okay okay oh, the plants in the hallway are looking a little dry. Like, you know, we need to, like, they need to be watered. And it's like, oh, shit, I forgot that today. I'll get to it tomorrow. So you never actually are able to finish all the jobs that you need to do. And then, like, his parents come over to say, and his mum's a bitch (laughs) and, like, is picky about everything. And then your sister gets kicked out of her apartment and comes to stay with you. And so this woman just has all this anxiety piled on on top of a... And there are times where, like, you can't perform any tasks. You just have to go to a room that doesn't have anybody in it and cry, essentially. Hmm. And once you cry, like, it changes the color of the screen back to normal and you can go back to doing your tasks. It's, it's like, they're, they're never physically abusive or abuse the woman in any real way, shape, or form. But it, it kind of, like, it really brings out... Playing the game really brings out the helplessness of this woman's situation. And there's like a fantastic little detail in the gameplay where as you become more anxious the little scenes that you're in start to slowly wiggle back and forth like rock like a boat at sea and it just gives you this really kind of nauseous, anxious feeling that mirrors what this woman must be feeling. Um, As I said, there's 10 games in this collection. There's, There's so many that I still want to check out. There's like one game about a woman who realizes that the skeleton that's inside her isn't her skeleton. So you, like, steal an x-ray machine and go go to the countryside to kind of learn about yourself a little bit more. There's a game about uh, uh, an assassin or a hitman who's recuperating in a flower shop. And so it's all kind of about, like, flower arranging and, and you know, sending a message with various bouquets. The very first game in the collection is actually, like, kind of a Metroidvania. Um it's from like 2014. the The story is like you are uh, you you work for like this outer space mining company, and you get drunk on the last night of a dig. And when you wake up, the company has abandoned you. So you need to like go down into the mines and mine enough resources to build your own rocket ship off this planet. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's like I I they use the term Metroidvania. This this podcast has definitely taught me to be a little bit more. Circumspect about <laughs> when that term is applied. I so think we're not in the same room anymore. Like, I won't hit you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more of a puzzle platformer with like some equipment elements to it. Um, but yeah, this is like it's it's um, each of these games as well comes with a gallery from the development of the game and also a short video of the um, of the the development team kind of talking about the game, almost like a director's commentary sort of thing uh it's it's really nicely put together as well um and yeah i think it's just some of, some of the games like obviously because they were made for game jams they're not highly polished games and there were definitely one like there's there's one i played uh which the like i was really it's called Engolasters january 2021 in case anyone's picking this up and and will play it um but it's sort of like it's got a bit of an open worldy element to it that that has like you 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 have a truck you need to drive around and the truck driving mechanic is dog shit. But it's one of those you things never, where it's you like you can
1: never mud it, run in the in this truck.
2: No, definitely snow run, mud run, not a chance. But it's just one of those Come things in me, where it's bro. like <laughs> I'm what was the other one? <laughs> I'm depressed I'm, and gay or something? Gay. I'm useless and gay. Um... It's one of the, like, playing it, I was like, driving this truck is driving me fucking insane. But I understand it's a game jam game. It, it's not supposed to be a truck driving game. It's supposed to be a narrative game. I'll accept that. It really, all, all of the games kind of really, you know, they, they have, some of them have, like, weird sci-fi settings and that kind of stuff. But they're all really just about, like, exploring the human condition. Mm-hmm which is something that the Deconstruct team, like that's that's definitely one of the focuses they have when it comes to making video games is it's not about spectacle, it's not about fast action, it's about what does it mean to be human, what does it mean to be alive, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, straight off the bat, like 10 games for the price of maybe 20 to $30, that's bang for your buck right there, baby. Yeah, this sounds but, like, um, like,
1: immense. This sounds like there's so much content to go through here.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm looking at some of them... Like some of them some of them became the basis for like Red Strings Club. Right. I know there's definitely one game in here that features the character a character from Red Strings Club and obviously they're just built in it from there. But yeah, this is this is something that I can continue diving into for quite a while, I think. There's there's so much content in this. And I just think it's it's like like I said, this is the first time I've seen a game company go like, Oh, all the kind of little experimental stuff we did, here it is packaged up in one kind of nice thing. Mm. So you can play through chronologically and see how our craft and our approach to to making games has developed.
1: That's great. Very cool and unique. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Essays on Empathy, published by Devolver Digital, developed by Deconstruct Team. I believe it is only out on PC at the moment, Um, but you can get it through... Through Steam, through Itchio, through Humble Bundle, Humble Bundle, or through uh, good old game GOG. Um, uh, yeah, ch- check it out if you like me are a uh, a narrative junkie when it comes to games.
1: The opposite of me, uh, Red Red String, yeah. whatever it was, that came everywhere. Um, so hopefully, hopefully yes. they bring this to to all other consoles too.
2: That that came in me, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully this is definitely I ho- I hope something that they bring out to. A switch release for this would be fantastic, and I think you know with Devolver being the publishers, they'll definitely make time to uh, to to kind of you know get this ported to various different systems.
1: Yeah, cool, awesome. Well, uh, those are all the games that we've been playing in the last uh, week or weeks. When it comes to John, um, I've already started a game as well that I'll be talking about um, next week. It uh, it just came tell. out. It's called Wonder Boy Asha in Monster World. Um, it ah, is another. Yes. Uh, revisited um, old Master System uh, Wonder Boy game, uh, I, th- I believe so anyway. Um, but I've talked about a few Wonder-, Wonder Boy games on the podcast in the in the past, and this is yeah the latest one that just came out, published by In In, in Games. It looks gorgeous. Uh, it's a very fun platformer. Um, so I'll be talking about that in great length next week, um, and of course, John will be talking about the Airport Dog game. Yeah. Um, we all we all know and love it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, of new releases, or a few a few very good, notable new releases uh, coming out in the next week. Um, if you like weird first person indie games, there's uh, two very good ones, or you know, very very big, high profile ones. Uh, Sludge Life, the uh, Devolver Digital game that was made by some of the guys that also made Disc Room. Uh, John reviewed it on the podcast uh, earlier, late last year. Um,
2: and it uh, actually wound up on my game of the year list last year. I think number seven or eight.
1: Um, that is coming super, to...
2: Super excited for it. Definitely cop it. It's really fun and That's weird. on
1: the Switch. Uh, comes out on the 2nd of June. Uh, and then three days after that, a game that I know a lot of our listeners have been very excited to come to the Switch. That is uh, Umarangi Generation, um, a yes. first-person photography game, I believe it is. Yep. Um, so that yep. comes out on the 5th of June. Uh, which is
2: there's another there's another first person game coming out as well in that early June like first week of June period um, f- uh, the second release by um, the 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 like AMC the the channel behind like Breaking Bad and stuff oh really have a games they have a games publishing arm now and the second game from them the first game was like an air, airplane like I, I guess flight simulator but you're not a pilot you're a passenger. Mm-hmm. So it's just like real time sitting in an airplane seat. You can watch stuff on your entertainment unit. You can put your tray table up and down and that kind of shit. The second game they've got coming out is called The Magnificent Truffle Pigs. And uh, it's a game where you play a guy with a metal detector. And people have been kind of comparing it a lot to Firewatch. Because it's you in conversation with someone over a radio. Who's kind of telling you like where to go and check out things. And... Yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to Magnificent Truffle Pigs. It looks great.
1: Awesome. And then uh, finally, a game that... Uh, I can't remember if you've actually reviewed this on the podcast or not, but Griftlands is coming to uh, P- PlayStation, um, Xbox, and Switch on the 4th of June. It's the uh, game made by Clay, uh, best known for like Don't Starve and um, Shank. Do they make Shake? they make Shake? Shank. shank. Yeah.
2: Yep. Hell yeah. Love Shank. Don't Starve, Shank, Oxygen Not Included, Um, Mark of the Ninja Oh yeah that's right Like Clay just like Clay Clay are a rock solid developer Um, They've just like Been putting out Putting out great stuff For years now So yeah
1: Grifflands has been I mean it's been out on PC In for like two years I guess But never released officially It's been like in alpha Um release yeah
2: so they must have gone 1.0 if they're coming to console
1: uh, so yeah the official launch is I think it comes out on PC officially um, on the 1st of June and then three days later it comes to consoles so pretty cool I think it's like a, it's like a card game roguelike or is it just a card, card game I don't know I know nothing about it
2: Um, I think it's just a card game like it's a lot more kind of narrative based um, it's a lot more it's a lot more narrative based like you won't it's not like Slay the Spy where you get far and then you die and you go back I think it's like if you fail an encounter, it either changes the direction of the story or maybe you can come back and try that again.
1: Yeah, great. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, there's plenty of great games coming out. Again, you could also just play... Uh, let's try one more time. Tiger Trio's Tasty Travels. Yes, said it without even Nailed reading it. It. I did it. I did it, finally. We made it, everybody. You can definitely go back and try, check that one out. It's so so much fun. And uh, if, you, if, you, if you got the chutzpah to do it, take, check out Blue Fire. Try and beat that queen faster than yeah. I did. I think I I beat nice. the game with 86 completion in 19 hours, so it's a it's a much oh. much bigger small game than the ones we normally talk about. Um, hey, thanks bad so bad. much uh, to everyone for listening, John. Good to have you back. And uh, great to be back. Ladies. We'll be back again next week, unless John has another mysterious baby, a second one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How was this baby mysterious? The first one? No, as in like we've known it's been coming. But the
1: second one, if you if you suddenly got a baby in a week, that that'd be mysterious.
2: Oh, that'd be I'd that'd be terrified if. Bro, that I'd happened. never
1: call your daughter mysterious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Uh, If you want to find the show You can at Facebook.com Slash All the small games We're on Twitter At all the small game Individually we are At levdog for me And at 16 tacos for John On Twitter and Instagram Come and say hello We love hearing from you And we have a Patreon If you want to support the podcast too Uh, Patreon.com Slash All the small games John We are overdue For uh, doing an episode All about the Stanley Parable
2: We are Um, We are So
1: if you are able to Record this week Potentially, this this conversation can happen off mic, but I like to keep things spicy. Um, yeah. So uh, I think we could try and do that this week
2: we can definitely record this week okay well unreal
1: well hopefully that'll that'll come to you by the end of the week so look forward to that um, it's five dollars a month to join our discord community and I had a I had an idea for a uh, an additional bit of patreon only content we could do as well to see, maybe sweeten that patreon deal so uh, big Ooh, big wow. news on that front uh very soon uh, come and join us join our discord talk about indie games all day with the with the fam over at uh, patreon.com/ all the small games thank you so much for listening we will see you next week bye